Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi, and welcome back to the Old Testament podcast. Today's episode, Numbers 21. And when King Arad the Canaanite, Hebrew of Arad, which dwelt in the south, or Negev, heard tell that Israel came by the way of the spies, Atharim, a place, then he fought against Israel and took some of them prisoners. And Israel vowed a vow also unto the Lord and said, If thou wilt indeed deliver this people into my hand, then will I utterly destroy their cities. And the Lord hearkened unto the voice of Israel and delivered up the Canaanites, and they utterly destroyed them and their cities, and he called the name of the place Hormah, or destruction. And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea uh, to compass the land or go around of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. And the people spake against God and against Moses, Wherefore have ye brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water. And our soul loatheth this this light bread. Boy, they sure complain a lot. I guess we probably do too. And the Lord sent fiery or poisonous serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, we have spoken against the Lord, and against thee, pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, and set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that every one that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole, and it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, then he, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. So this is uh, talked about a little bit in the Book of Mormon as well. Uh, mentions in, in First Nephi. And he did straighten them in the wilderness with his rod, for they hardened their hearts, even as ye have. And the Lord straightened them because of their iniquity. He sent fiery flying serpents. A fiery flying serpent is a poisonous snake. Fiery refers to being poisonous, and flying probably refers to their striking motion in an attempt to bite. Among them, and after they were bitten, he prepared a way that they might be healed, and the labor which they had to perform was to look. And because of the simpleness of the way, or the easiness of it, there were many who perished. What with the weariness of the way, the want of water, and, and of all the food other than the manna, The soul of the people was much discouraged, and the people spake against God and against Moses the judgment of fiery serpents which the Lord in punishment sent among the people, and of which so many died, bore a marked resemblance to all his former dealings. Once more he did not create a new thing for the execution of his purpose, but only disposed sovereignly of what already existed. Travelers give remarkable confirmation and illustrations of the number of poisonous the number and poisonous character of the serpents in that district. Thus, one writes of the neighborhood of, of the gulf, the sand on the shore showed traces of snakes on every hand. They had crawled there in various directions. Some on the mar- of the marks appeared to have been made by animals which could not have been less than two inches in diameter. One guide told me that snakes were very common in these regions. Another traveler on exactly the same route, or on exactly the, the route the children of Israel states, In the afternoon, a large and very mottled snake was brought to us, marked with fiery spots and and spiral lines, which had evidently belonged from the formation of its teeth to one of the most poisonous species. 
The Bedouins say that these snakes, of which they have great dread, are very numerous in this locality. From the fact that the brazen serpent is also called fiery, a seraph, we infer that the expression describes rather the appearance of these fire snakes than the effect of their bite. Two things are most marked in this history, the speedy repentance of Israel couched in unwanted language of humility and the marvelous teaching of the symbol through which those who had been mortally bitten were granted restoration of life and health. Moses was directed to make a fiery serpent of brass and to set it upon a pole, and and whosoever looked upon it was immediately healed. From the teaching of our Lord, we know that this was a a direct type of the of the lifting up of the Son of Man, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. The simplicity of the remedy, only to look up in faith, is its immediateness and its completeness, as well as the fact that this was the only this was the only but also the all sufficient remedy for the deadly wound of the serpent, all find their counterpart in the gospel. But for the proper understanding, both of the type and of the words of our Lord, we must inquire in what manner Israel would view and understand the lifting up of the brazen serpent and the healing that flowed from it. Undoubtedly, Israel would at once connect this death through the fiery serpents with the introduction of death unto paradise through the serpent. And now a brazen serpent was lifted up, made in the likeness of the fiery serpent, yet without its poisonous bite. And this was for the healing of Israel. Clearly then, the deadly poison of the fiery serpent was removed in the uplifted brazen serpent. All this would carry back the mind of the, to the promise given when first the poisonous sting of the serpent was felt, that the seed of the woman would bruise the head of the serpent, and that in so doing his own heel would be bruised. In this sense, even the apocryphal book of wisdom designates the brazen serpent a symbol of salvation, and so we are clearly taught that God sending his own Son in the likeness of, of sinful flesh, and for sin condemns sin in the flesh. He hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, and that his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. The precious meaning of the type of, is thus de- deduced by Luther from the three grand peculiarities of this symbol of salvation. First, the serpent which Moses made at the command of God had to be of brass or copper, that is, red, and like those fiery serpents which were red and burning in their bite, yet without poison. Secondly, the brazen serpent had to be set up on a pole for a sign. Thirdly, those who would be healed of the fiery serpent's bite must look up to the brazen serpent lifted up on the pole else they could not recover nor live. Similarly, a modern German critic thus annotates, Christ is the antitype of this serpent inasmuch as he, as he took upon himself and vicariously bore sin, the most noxious of all noxious powers. Verse 10, And the children of Israel set forth and pitched or encamped in Abath, and they journeyed from Abath and pitched at Ish-Abarim, in the wilderness, which is before or opposite Moab, toward the sunrising. From thence they removed and pitched in the valley of Zered. From thence they removed and pitched on the other side of Arnon, which is on the wilderness that cometh out of the coasts, extends from the boundary of, of the Amorites. For Arnon is the border of Moab, between Moab and the Amorites. Wherefore it is said in the book of the wars of the Lord, what he did in the Red Sea and in the brooks of Arnon. And at the stream of the brooks, or slopes of the valleys, that goeth down to the dwelling of Ar, and lieth upon the border of Moab. And from thence they went to Beer, that is, the well, whereof the Lord spake unto Moses, Gather the people together, and I will give them water. 
Then Israel sang this song, Spring up, O well, sing ye unto it. The princes digged the well, and the, the nobles of the people digged it by the direction of the lawgiver with their staves, and from the wilderness they went to Matana, and from Matana to Nahil, Nahalil, and from Nahalil to Bamoth, and from Bamoth in the valley, that is, in the country of Moab, to the top of Pisgah, which looketh toward Jeshimon, overlooks the desert. And Israel sent messengers unto Shihon, or Sihon, king of the Amorites, saying, Let me pass through thy land. We will not turn into the fields or into the vineyards. We will not drink of the waters of the well, but we will go along by the king's highway until we pass by and pass thy borders. And Sihon would not suffer Israel to pass through his border or territory, but Sihon gathered all his people together and went out against Israel into the wilderness, and he came to Jahaz and fought against Israel. And Israel smote him with the edge of the sword and possessed his land from Arnon unto Jabbok, even unto the children of Ammon, for the border of the children of Ammon was strong. And Israel took all these cities, and Israel dwelt in all the cities of the Amorites, in Heshbon, and in all the villages thereof. For Heshbon was the city of Sihon, the king of the Amorites, who had fought against the former king of Moab, and taken all his land out of his hand, even unto Arnon. Wherefore they did they that they that speak in Proverbs say, Come unto Heshbon, let the city of Sihon be built and prepared, or established. And there is a fire gone out of Heshbon, a flame from the city of Sihon, it hath consumed Ar of Moab and the lords of the high priests of Arnon. Woe to thee, Moab, thou art undone, O people of Chemosh. He that he hath given his sons that escaped and his daughters into captivity unto Sihon, king of the Amorites. We have shot at them. Heshbon is perished even unto Dibon, and we have laid them waste even unto Napha, which reacheth unto Mediba. Thus Israel dwelt in the land of the Amorites, and Moses sent, uh, sent to spy out Jezer, and they took the villages thereof and drove out the Amorites that lived that were there. And they turned and went up the way, went up by the way of Bashan and Og, the city of Bashan, went out against them and he and all his people to the battle of Edrai. And the Lord said unto Moses, Fear him not, for I have delivered him into thy hand and all his people and his land, and thou shalt do to him as thou didst unto Sihon, king of the Amorites, which dwelt at Heshbon. So they smote him and his sons and all his people until there was none left alive, and they possessed the land. That's the end of that chapter, and we'll see you next time. Bye.